Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Wolfpacker Show. My name is Ethan McDowell. I'm your host, and I am joined as I always am by Noah Fleischman. We're going to dive all the way into this matchup with Marshall. It was a win that went in a billion different directions. Most of them I didn't expect, most of them Noah didn't expect. It was a weird football game, but NC State leaves with a 48 41 win finishing off its non-conference schedule and catapulting this team into an ACC schedule that holds a lot of intrigue based on what we saw yesterday. Before we get into it all, just a quick housekeeping note. We're both writers for thewolfpacker.com. That is NC State's site on the On3 network. Um, It is only $1 to subscribe to the premium side of our site. That is access to recruiting scoops, um, team analysis for football and women's and men's basketball, all year around um, for $1. Go check it out. Uh, we, we've already posted a few stories from the game this morning. We posted a bunch of content last night, and um, including some recruiting info on a four-star in-state recruit who visited another school yesterday. So go check that out. All the latest info, it's $1. doesn't get cheaper from that, and you get access to our message board as well. So you can vent about a loss, celebrate a win with a um, pretty awesome community of Wolfpack fans. All right, let's dive into this, Noah. NC State, you know, starts a little rocky. MJ Morse throws an early interception. Marshall jumps out to an early lead. But the Wolfpack hung in there. They rallied and they strung together what we were hoping we would see from this team. And, um, of course, they leave with a win and extend their record to four and two on the season, which looks a heck of a lot different 
than three and three as you head into the next matchup against Duke. Noah, your initial thoughts on the win over Marshall. It was a good win. I think, you know, anytime a team can get a win, 48-41 obviously is not the best, you know, result defensively, giving up 48-41 points, but the offense did enough and the defense also did enough. It, it generated, you know, turnovers and we were able to get the ball back in the offensive hands. MJ Morris, he started off struggled, right? First seven passes, two interceptions and a pick six, a pick six was one of them. Not great. Rebounded really well after that. You know, had six or seven straight completions, a couple touchdowns, got rolling, and, and really started playing well. So I think he it's going to take down the settle in his first game playing in almost a year to the day. Um, so I think that was that was something there. And then the defense, did they need to do Peyton Wilson, obviously. You know, 14 total tackles, did his thing. Um, and then the rest of the supporting cast was there to, to make things happen. Overall, they come out with a win against Marshall, who's undefeated, had a win over Virginia Tech this year. So it's not a bad Marshall team you're playing. And now they, they can turn their sights to Duke, a big game. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about later. But, you know, it's a good way to get back in the win column. They're 4-2, and two, as you said. Only two wins away from eligibility now. That is really big with what this last six-game stretch is going to look like. So, overall, I think they did what they could ask for. Probably want to clean up some of MJ Morris's play. Honestly, though, two of those interceptions, not his fault. The one off the hands of Kevin Concepcion. The other one, a quick screen that the defensive back ran the whole way. I mean, it's what it is. So they'll move on with the win. He'll learn from it. He's a sophomore. He's really young. And, and uh, you know, every game is going to learn. This is only, what, start number three. So plenty of room to grow there. But overall, good win for, for the Wolfpack. Yeah, and, you know, when you start an underclassman quarterback – you kind of expect like a little bit of jitters, maybe some like nervous mistakes. I wouldn't really classify MJ's mistakes as nervous mistakes in this game. He, um, you know, I wouldn't even put this, the um, third interception on him. It looked like the ball was tipped at the line of scrimmage, which, you know, that it is what it is. Uh, he, he had the receiver. It's just um, the ball ended up sailing. But of uh, the screen pass is one you probably don't throw. That's one that a veteran quarterback recognizes that, oh, that screen's getting blown up and he just chucks it out of bounds. But MJ threw it, you know, went to the house. It is what it is. The first one was dropped. So you take that out and you're looking at it and you're like, dang, that's a pretty dang good stat line. It is clear why NC State decided to turn to Morris to inject life into this offense, right? He adds a certain level of explosiveness to the Wolfpack that was just not in this unit before. He um, showed off some really, really impressive composure. He stood in the pocket, waited for plays to develop, and found receivers down the field with the beautiful deep ball that we talked so much about in the week leading up to this game. He um, unlocked Trent Penix. Penix broke off. Um, I believe he, sur- he surpassed his um, season total for passing yards in this game and finished with um, you know, a, a Few catch, three catches for 99 yards, along of 62, and a couple of scores. And um, the thing that really stood out to me is while um, the defense, you know, it allowed 41 points, that's less than ideal, right? But it was dealing with short fields for a lot of the game. And um, uh, when it did make plays, NC State's offense capitalized off of those three turnovers, the, uh, you know, two interceptions and a fumble that, um, or two fumbles and an interception, my bad, that, uh, NC State forced. You had uh, on one of them, you know, they immediately call a shot play and get Trent Penix wide open and fi- 
and find him for a touchdown. That that's the like capitalizing off of others' mistakes that you need to have in this offense. Because even when the defense plays bad, it's going to make plays like that and give the offense opportunities to keep itself in the game. And MJ Morse did that. He did a good job, I thought, overall. I'm really encouraged by what he brings to this team. And um, I think we'd be remiss not to have a Kevin Concepcion discussion because, man, you know, Doran said, like, you know, he, he had three targets against Louisville. That can't happen. It, it just can't. He, on his radio show earlier in the week, he said he was open 13 times. And then 13 times can, you know, equals three targets. That just – that math doesn't work out for a win. So – they fixed that. They threw to him 16 times. A lot of that was on um, pop passes, but hey, you got to get the ball in his hands, and it worked. He's a tough runner. I mean, shoot, he he's you know a freshman, like six foot tall freshman wide receiver, and he runs like he's a fifth year senior running back. Like he's just so hard to tackle. The 87 yards after the catch, that's ridiculous. Two two scores. Um, the he excelled in those pop passes, but his first touchdown was also just a beautiful route where you know just a quick post they found um you know mj found a little space in between the safety and the cornerback to make that happen but it he's just so good he's the best receiver on this team by a mile and i'm glad that nc state uh you know threw to him enough to reflect that and he uh he finished with you know three times as many targets as any other wolfpack receiver uh, in part because of those pop passes but, um, you know, kind of going off of that, Noah, and I know you wrote a story on it last night, the, the running game. It, it, showed so, it showed some spark. Well, the, the downfield passing kind of opened things up. Um, Michael Allen was able to break off that explosive touchdown. And, you know, and then you had KC on those pop passes, which was basically a, a rushing attack. Because, Noah, what did you see from the Wolfpack's running game that kind of helped them to take it to another level on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, they finally got going. Um, we talked about, you know, the opening downfield opens up a lot of running running lanes because they're starting to drop more guys in coverage and not predicting, you know, you're going to run the ball at the time. Michael Allen found some holes and really showed his burst, which I thought was good. Um, he, he's a guy that showed it a little bit this year but hasn't done it consistently, whether or not it's them not using it or, or whatever it is. Breaks off a couple of runs, had his first touchdown of the year. Big, big run there. And then, you know, Delbert Mims. He played well, too. And, you know, he, he showed his, you know, ability to break off a big run. He had an 18-yard run for a touchdown, his longest touchdown run of the year. His first couple of touchdowns were like one or two-yard runs, and it was just just back and forth like that. Um, so that was exciting, and I think that that will help moving forward, taking pressure off of MJ Morris. As Dave Dorn said, you know, it's a mental break for a quarterback to just turn around and hand the ball off. And you not have to worry about reading coverage and doing that. If, if the running game is going, you can do that more, and the quarterback does not have a lot of his play, and it works well. So overall, good thing to see from them. You can call KC a running back, I guess, because they used them like one basically the entire game, even though they're technically passes. Doran said they could have handed the ball off, but the reason why they're doing a pop pass is if they do drop it, it's an incomplete pass and move on. That happened with Julian Gray, which people thought was a fumble at first, and and it was fine, so that's why they were doing that way. But overall, good good showing from the running back room, which hadn't gotten going um, basically the whole year. And now Kendrick Raphael seems to be you know on his way back, um, probably mm-hmm. for Duke, which will be big and, and help you know even make this running back room even more explosive. Just adding that kind of back who, who can really you know turn the Jets on when he gets an open field. 
Yeah. And and if you as the listener have been listening to our podcasts for the past month, you've been hearing us talking about Michael Allen and we're just like, man, this explosive play is coming. I, I I know that it hasn't come yet, but like, Hey, he's primed for a breakout. And he did that with that 37 yard rush where he just, you know, ran away. No one could touch him. Um, So far this season, he has three games where he's averaging seven and a half yards per attempt or more this year. He's a productive running back. For some reason, they just haven't been able to establish a real rhythm with him. It'll be interesting to see how that develops as the season goes on, because I I think I can speak for both of us, Noah, when I said we were concerned about the rushing attack coming in the Saturday. You lose Brennan Armstrong and uh, shoot, he's your leading rusher. So and you're not going to run MJ Morris like that. So it was good to see Michael Allen step step up. Um, Delbert Mims, you know, he's a scored another touchdown. Um, lucky number six, I believe. And um, I mean, shoot, <laughs> he even showed off some runs that showed he's a little more than just the the goal line back. He he was shifty against Marshall, so that's good to see. You add Kendrick Raphael, he's maybe the most explosive out of this group, and um, that that'd be a that'd be an interesting rotation to see against Duke, which obviously has a very, very stout defense. All right, let's touch on the defense just a little more because obviously you see the box score. You're like, oh, whoa, 41 points? The same amount that Marshall scored, scored against Old Dominion last week? You're like, oh, man, that, that's, not, that's not good. Well, they showed up when they needed to. On um, four of the final five last drives of the game, um, NC State stopped them. Two of those were turnovers, and um, it was in a moment where, you know, you had it one to two scores score game, and it was a crucial moment of that game. The defense really buckled down. And, hey, we say it after every single game, Peyton Wilson, wow, just continuing to lead the team on and off the field. Um, Davin Van, he, he's just, you know, the way he strains on the field, just it's – just you can't praise him enough. That forced fumble, it's like the fifth or sixth time I've noticed him after the catch, he records a tackle, forces a fumble, and like, oh, my gosh. He's just so impressive um, in every phase of the game. All right. let's. At this point of the show, usually every week, we give our turning point of the game. Um, Noah, just at what point were you like, all right, this game is turning for the better. I feel good about where NC State is headed at this point. It really comes when NC State wasn't even in the lead. It was a close game at the point. So MJ Moore starts off one for seven, two interceptions. Next six passes he completes. Touchdown touchdown in there to, you know, Trent Penix. That is where I think the game turned, showing that MJ Morris could rebound from a bad start. You know, because a, a bad start can snowball, especially the young quarterback. You know, one for seven, your confidence is shot game over he didn't have that at all there was no sulking on the field after two interceptions he, he wasn't you know letting that letting that affect him um and it paid off right they he comes down you know finishes the game with 265 yards four touchdowns did it three interceptions but four touchdowns i think outweighs the, the three interceptions for sure career high in both yards and in, in touchdown passes i think that's that's the turning point and you know the offense kind of kind clicking at that point too, and really showed that they could play a shootout kind of game, which honestly coming into the game, if you had asked me if Marshall puts up 40 points, does NC state win the game? I would have said, no, I didn't think that the offense had enough to, to get in a shootout, prove me wrong there and, and wins 48, 41. 
Um, so that was that was my my turning point in the game. Yeah, for me, it's um, the third quarter just as a whole, because you, if you look at it on Saturday when it rained, it poured for NC State's offense, right? When they they scored back to back touchdowns in the second quarter, in the third quarter. And into the fourth quarter, they scored three straight times, and then they scored on back-to-back possessions within um, within a minute of each other in the um, in the fourth quarter. There, so great, great, just um, building upon established success, right? When 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 they got a little momentum, they kept it going. That momentum totally went away in the last second half of the second quarter, right? Their final three drop four drives of that quarter were a total of 11 plays. They um, picked up, uh, oh, I'm sorry, their final three drives of the first half and then the first drive of the third quarter. So 11 plays, they pick up, you know, a total of 12 yards on those possessions. So it's just an awful start, right? Th- those are four really bad drives. But once again, MJ Morris and the rest of that offense didn't rattle them. The turning point was the following six-play, 58-yard drive that ended, ended in a touchdown. Then they come back, two-play, 68-yards, touchdown. And then they follow that up with a five-play, 45-yard field goal drive to really establish themselves in this game. Just great stretch by the offense. It's exactly what you want to see. It, it's the a poise and production that we did not see from this unit, that side of the ball, until, um, until the Marshall game. All right, now um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to give out some game balls and um, kind of take a look towards the upcoming game against Duke. Before we do that, though, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Game Time. The uh, game, game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Whether you're looking for concert tickets, tickets to the next NC State football game, a Hurricanes hockey game, whatever you're looking for, the Game Time app has it. Um, you can find it on any app store. If you just search up game time or you can go to gametime.co on your web browser. It's not.com. It's gametime.co. So just check it out there. Um, I love the app. I use it. Uh, if my favorite part of it is when you go and you look at it, you can see exactly where you'd be sitting. Usually, you know, you have to you know, open up a separate window, search out. Oh, what's the view from this seat? You don't have to do that with the game time app. Here's a look at the view from the UNC NC state game in November. If, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm holding up my phone and you can see exactly where you'd be sitting when you click on a ticket. It's a really cool feature. Um, if you go and check it out, you know, go to the app, go check it out on a web browser and uh, use code all caps Wolfpack. You get $20 off your first purchase. So there you go. They, um, you know, they have the best deals listed at the top and then they sort the rest by price. So whether you're looking for um, the best value or you know, just the cheapest ticket to get in the building, it's all there. So go check it out. It's a uh, game time and, you know, just a shout out to them. Thank you for sponsoring our show. All right, Noah, let's dive into it. We've talked about our standout players, but we're just going to heap some more praise on them. Um, your first game ball, Noah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Trent Penix. Um, he is a guy that played really well. And it seems that anytime him and MJ Morris can get connected, they play well together. Last year in three games, you know, I have the stat right here. They combined for six receptions, 86 yards, two touchdowns in three games a year ago. Three receptions, 99 yards, two touchdowns. Seems like they picked up where they left off. This is a connection that's special. NC State hadn't used the tight end much the entire season coming into the Marshall game. Granted, there were some injuries banged up. 
things going weren't really working that there. Um, but Penix is back. He's healthy. He's going. And he seems to be MJ Morris is, you know, one of his favorite targets, not his favorite one. I'm sure you're going to pick him for a game ball. But uh, Trent Penix can find the opening in the defense. He did that. Both of his touchdown receptions, he was wide open. He was great route run, great play call. Um, I know people like to, to criticize play calling, but you also have to call it out when it when it when it works. It takes a deep shot after that turnover, as you said, touchdown. Then later in the game, it's 62 or 63 yard touchdown pass as well. So that's my game ball number one. Trent Penix, best game of the season so far to him, and he more than surpassed his his you know yearly total of yards. He almost passed the amount of receiving yards he had a year ago, 111 a year ago, 99 yesterday. Good showing from the tight end. Yeah, it was great to see that. I mean, Trent's been here for six years, and he's yeah, just a great member of the Wolf Pack. He's a leader on this team, and um, just to see him finally, you know, he's healthy, he's got some momentum going. I'm excited to see how he plays for the rest of the season. I'm um I'm giving out my first one to Robert Kennedy, you know, someone who arrived on campus this year. But oh my gosh, I don't think many people expected him to have the impact he's had this season. He came in and um, he had to live up to a high bar. Tyler Baker Williams was a great nickel for this team for years. And now, you know, he's, he's um, off to professional football and Robert Kennedy came in and just took up, took up where he left off. And shoot, he had two forced turnovers. He had the uh, um, forced fumble and fumble recovery where um, he was just so close to almost just taking it back for a touchdown too. Would have been his second defensive touchdown of the year. And um, he's doing all of this while, um, you know, kind of just locking down his slot. He's not giving up many big plays. He actually gave up a touchdown against Marshall on a well-thrown ball. But um, and it was clear. I, I, he definitely wasn't satisfied with his performance. You could tell during the post-game press conference, even though he had two game-changing turnovers, including a, a nice interception in the fourth quarter, he was not satisfied. And um, that type of mentality has just lended itself really well to success this year. And um uh, he, he's been just one of the most impactful transfers on this team. So it, it's been cool to see that, you know, you have two solid cornerbacks in Aiden White and Shaheen Battle. And, um, you know, teams might want to go after us, uh, their slot receiver to kind of, you know, offset the advantage NC State has on the boundaries. And they can't because Robert Kennedy's locking it up. So hats off to him. Just a great performance. Um, Noah, do you have another game ball you'd like to give out today? Yeah, I do. And, you know, it's the obvious one. Kevin Concepcion, you know, another solid showing from him. Eight catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Not, you know, it's the most receptions in a game. Ties his career high in touchdowns in a game. It's not the yards, though. 102. Take it, though. Pop passing worked well. Made him kind of a running back. Got him a ton of receiving yards, though. A ton of yak. You know, 87 yards after the catch. Takes it. He's fast. Got to get him involved. Keep him involved in the offense moving forward. Pop passes are going to be on film now. Duke knows they're coming. I still think he's talented enough to make it work, even though Duke's knowing they're coming. I don't think they're going to run it as often as they did against Marshall, just because you know, but you can pull it out and use it. Um, so he's a guy that, you know, freshman that's playing like a senior. You talked about that earlier, just ball running. I think overall he's a freshman playing like a senior. He's not intimidated by the situation. He knows he's, you know, the top receiver on this team and, and he's playing like it. And, and I think that is the most important thing about him is that not only does he show up and, and play, but I think he has that mindset of, you know, he wants to be the best on the field and, and he's shown it so far. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's um he's putting himself in a position where, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he could be one of the Wolfpack greats at the rate he's on. He, just this pre- production from a freshman hasn't happened in a long time in the Wolfpack receiver room. And like you said, he just has the mentality to boot too. He's a humble guy. You know, he, after the game, he should talk about how, you know, he plays for his family. He plays for his brother and credited God. And, you know, he, he's going to keep working. Yeah, I don't think that's um, going to be a concern. That kid works really hard. MJ Moore said after the game, right, that um, they put in work after practice all the time. And that's, that's why their connection looks so strong, right? They're they're on the practice field of at, after um, workout, just putting in that work, establishing a bond together. And now that's a connection that Wolfpack fans could look forward to for the next however many years, right? This could be a years-long um, connection between two really talented players. You know, I'm going to kind of go off the grid here for my last game ball. I'm going to give it to Anthony Carter Jr., the offensive guard for NC State, who, you know, he he slid over to um, left guard, I believe, against um, – against Marshall and he, he looked good. He, he played, um, you know, he played all 66 snaps and uh, per PFF, he finished with a 86.1 pass blocking grade. He's had some rough games this year. So it just cool to see him come in and uh, against a Marshall front. That's really solid. Like th- this is a legitimate pass rush that, um, you know, they averaged four sacks a game coming into this matchup and NC state held them to two. Um, and it, it wasn't like – I feel like their sack numbers have been a little low because Brennan Armstrong was extending plays so much just with his legs, whether he was scrambling or just you know running outside the pocket and delivering passes. Um, you know, I thought it, just, it was just a clean pocket for a lot, of, a lot of the game against Marshall. And Anthony Carter Jr. was a big part of that. just want to give some props to him after the game. Um, and also wanted to plug Noah has a full game balls article on the site. He went in depth on a few – standout performances. So go check that out on the wolfpacker.com as well. All right. Before we move on, and I, I don't think we, we didn't give Peyton Wilson a game ball, but shoot, I mean, we can read off his stats. It was another standout performance for him. 14 tackles, six solo, one sack, and a quarterback hurry, and just continues to impact the game on every single play, regardless of where he is on the field. I think the most the thing he impressed me with the most was after the game. After, um, you know, during the game, they put in Brennan Armstrong for a couple plays, right? Everyone saw it in the red zone. Then the fans, it was met with a chorus of boos. Fans might say they were booing the coaching staff. Either way, you have to imagine how Brennan Armstrong felt in that moment. It, it It's not right. And we were both kind of disgusted by it during the game. And after the game, Peyton Wilson expressed that he was too. He finished his press conference, walked walked off the podium and came back and implored Wolfpack fans to exercise compassion. Imagine if that's your kid getting booed by a, a packed stadium of home fans. Um, you gain nothing by booing your own players. I'm not sure what NC State fans thought they were going to accomplish there. And, you know, even if you thought you were booing the coach's decision, just know that you know, Brennan's feeling that. That's hurting Brennan. That's hurting Brennan after, you know, and Noah, if you want to talk about it, just the way he's handled this quarterback change. So, Noah, Noah just any thoughts you have on um, that whole situation and how um, Wilson handled it after the game? Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, a lot of people were 
saying they were booing the coaching staff, which if they were in you know their point of view, the way that a lot of people in the stadium and a lot of people and basically everybody on the field interpreted it as was they're booing Brandon Armstrong. Because when MJ Morris came back in two plays later, a big cheer happened. So I don't know why you cheer play calling if you're booing play calling two plays ago and and there was no play called yet. They just put him back in. So yeah, I mean Brandon Armstrong has been <laughs> has handled this week so well. This is probably the lowest point of his career in college football. He's been a he's in his sixth year, has been the guy. He was in a Heisman conversation a couple years ago at Virginia. Comes to NC State. It doesn't work out, which doesn't – it's like things happen. It doesn't work. It's, it's fine. And what does he do? He could have, won, just quit mentally and just said, I'm done. It's my football, you know, at NC State's done. But, no, he turned around, became a resource for MJ Morris, became a resource for this team. And earlier this week is sitting in an offensive meeting and turns around to the offense and says, hey, go play your butts off for NJ. Like he, he put a lot of support toward a sophomore quarterback. And so I think, you know, meeting him with booze is not the answer. We, I wrote a column about it and, and talked about how these captains are really supporting each other. And Peyton Wilson's, you know, unprompted speech he came back and gave showed that this team cares about each other. MJ Morris had talked about it, you know, how – they all care and they all support each other. Well, that this is living proof of how much they care about each other, even if things aren't going well in the field. These are guys that are going to be, you know, lifelong friends and things like that after. So just shows what Dave Dorn's built at NC State, where a guy can come in for one year. Obviously, maybe the, the relationships aren't as tight. You know, that was something that Dave Dorn talked about, where MJ's built these relationships with receivers in the offense. But they've taken it to Brandon Armstrong. He was voted a captain before the year. They're still supporting him, even though, Things didn't go well on the field with him for some of it. So I think it says a lot about this team. And and hopefully the NC State fan base, you know, listens to, to Peyton Wilson. I'm sure Dave Dorn will talk about it um, in his press conference tomorrow. Um, he didn't mention it, wasn't asked about it. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be happy to, to hear, you know, Peyton Wilson's, you know, response and his unprompted way of really stepping up to the plate and, and uh, supporting his teammate. Absolutely. And just, you know, another example of um, how well Peyton Wilson is leading this team. Um, all right. So let, let's look forward a little bit, Noah, because NC State has put itself in a pretty exciting spot, right? You're, you're, you're four and two. You have a game against Duke coming up where you know, Riley Leonard, you know, there's been reports that he has a high ankle sprain. That would make it difficult for him to play against the Wolfpack. So you're, you have Duke coming off of a bye week. They have a full week off to, you know, install a game plan without Riley Leonard. So they're going to be ready. But that, without your, like, future NFL potential first-round pick quarterback, that becomes a winnable game for NC State on the road. And then it's bye week and then Clemson. So you're looking at potential. You can come in and, you know, be 5-2 and with a huge home game against Clemson, maybe a primetime setting at Carter-Finley Stadium. So that's – um. That's an exciting prospect. It th- This win was just huge on so many levels for the course of the season. But, Noah, just coming off of this victory for the Wolfpack, just ha- just a vibe check for the season. H- how are you, How is your gut feeling about um, the Wolfpack's 2023 campaign? Yeah, we talked about it yesterday, I think, after the game in the press box. You mentioned it at the beginning. 4-2 is a lot better you know, situation to be than 3-3. Three three. One, optically it's a pretty number to look at. Four and two is a lot better looking than three and three. And two, I think the team has confidence. You know, four wins through the first six weeks. 
playing good football. They're playing quality teams. You know, M- VMI is the only game you can be like, okay, well, it's, it's VMI. It's an FCS team. You're supposed to win the game. All the other teams are pretty quality teams. UConn, who even though they're having a down year, they were really good a year ago. They're starting to put together now, and you just run through the rest of them. I mean, when you look at this win over Marshall, it's a quality team in the Sunbelt Conference. They were undefeated, one of 22 teams that entered the weekend undefeated in college football of 133. So it's a big, it's a big win there. So I think vibe check momentum is building. And that's something you want to see, especially going to Duke next week, eight o'clock in Durham without probably Riley Leonard. They say he's out for a couple weeks. They had a bye week this week, so we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like at a Duke. They've got a couple backups that have both have played this year, so we'll see which one to go with. Um, if they can build momentum off the win at Marshall, go to Duke and pull that one out. I think the NC State fan base will like the situation they'll be in going into the bye week. And, you know, obviously Clemson, Miami coming up, and Miami looks like a winnable game now, too, after their fourth quarter collapse yesterday. So, NC State, while they may not be living to some people's expectations through the first six weeks, maybe you can win. That's a winnable game against Louisville. You're feeling really good since they beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame, they were hanging with them for a while. So NC State seems to be like, you know, there are a few plays away from being, you know, 6-0 and if you really think about it. And so I think that this is a good spot to be in, and we'll see how they can translate this momentum going to Duke and how MJ Morris can, you know, take that step. Because we talked about – you know, beginning of the year, you're going to grow the most between week one and week two as a team. But now MJ Morris, this is week one and week two for him. So we'll see how much he can grow between that and see, you know, what this this offense looks like in Durham. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I didn't want to push back a little bit just on I, – I felt like this was their first win against a good team, to be honest. Like, I mean, you look at UVA and UConn, they're combined two and ten on the season – so they they played they some wins. Good, they played um some good football, but um I wanted to see it done against a solid FBS opponent. And you know, uh, Marshall is a solid FBS opponent. Like, no, you know the Sun Belt better than um just about anybody. Like they were four and zero on the season. Um, you played some impressive game, beat a Power Five team. So you come in there, you put together an impressive performance, and um. That was a very reassuring game for me. For, in, for NC State, I think that um, should be a confidence builder because, you know, you played a solid game, defense, a great game defensively against a Louisville team that just took down Notre Dame at home. So, yeah, the, you, if you put together the offensive performance from Marshall and you pair that with the confidence that the defense should have from the game against Louisville, then you're kind of cooking with gas. And we'll see where it goes from there. But um, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I feel a lot more optimistic about the course of the season after the Marshall game. We'll see how it goes against Duke. If they can win that one, then, um, you know, I, I think the season is officially fully back on track um, and you're, you know, in, in the running for the ACC again at that point. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be back later this week to fully break down the matchup against the Blue Devils. It'll be a fun one. Um, you know, that's it's a rivalry game that doesn't get played often. So it, it'll be cool to, you know, hit the road to Durham, see how the Wolfpack um, plays on that primetime stage. All right. My name is Ethan McDowell. I'm joined as I am, you know, twice a week by Noah Fleischman. And um, check us out on the Wolfpacker.com. One dollar to, to subscribe. You know, check out the Game Time app. Thank you for sponsoring our podcast, and we will see you in a few days.
Thanks for watching. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.